Welcome to What a Time to Be Alive, the only podcast counting down everything this week that made you say, What a Time to Be Alive. And now, Patrick Monahan, Kath Barbadoro, and Eli Uden. Folks, welcome to What a Time to Be Alive, the only podcast that counts down the things each week that make you say the thing that's titled podcast. I'm Patrick Monahan. I'm Eli Uden. Kath is, Kat- is not yeah. with us. No longer with us. Uh, uh, we're doing this again. Okay. Uh, she's, our, our bit she's, about, she's yeah, yeah. She's in traffic. That's what. That's where Kath is in traffic. She can't make it. But we do have a very special guest. Uh, there we go. Okay. He is the co-host of Election Profit Makers, which is an election betting podcast, and he's the co-creator of Dicktown, which you can watch on Hulu. Welcome, David Reese. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> It's uh, now I feel awkward, but um, thank you for that warm reception. That's one of the loudest ovations we've had. So the really I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah, doing well. Welcome. Uh, we're all. This feels. I think everybody is now getting super. We were just discussing how much we all love Zoom, but I think the horizon is so close now that it feels twice as it's, it's like grading more than it was before. It's even like more onerous aware. now to, to, <laughs> to look at your own pasty ravaged face on a computer screen while you talk to other people. So I warned the host that I was just going to stare off into the corner of the room the whole time I was talking and not to take it personally, <laughs> but it's a, yeah. it's a lovely profile. It's very regal. Thank you. I think, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I would. I, I would have. I'd be self conscious turning sideways. I prefer to be kind of head on or like a three quarter angle. None of this. I don't want anyone to see the reference. I got that Irish neck. That's not. It's no good. Oh, for, yeah. Uh, for yeah, profile. I have a little of that going on now too. That's... COVID neck. COVID. COVID neck. Yeah, COVID I, I've, I've I've fooled people where I have this beard, which is you know sculpted. And then sometimes people are like, you should shave it. You have such a good chin. And I'm like, no, I don't. That's mm-hmm. like, you, I've fooled you. Like, it made me feel good because I was like, oh, it's working. You think that this is my chin. But no, every once in a while, I, I, I do shave it off just to remind myself why it's necessary. I think it's important to stay grounded in that sense. You know? Yeah. You give yourself a little panic attack kind mm-hmm. of uh, for a few days. Uh, oh, my God. What did I do? Yeah. And then uh, eventually it kind of comes back. It's Just great. remember, I'm like, oh, I look like Earthworm Jim. Good to know. Yeah. Going to grow the, the beard back immediately. Yeah. Um, so, I, I just, David, I noticed you have the uh, – you've got – I was – every picture I've seen of you has short hair. So, I was very surprised at the uh, the, the, the the flow going on here. I'm usually a short a- hair – I'm usually a short hair person and I'm usually a no facial hair person. But I haven't had – my haircut since I think it was March of 2020 and at some point during quarantine I was just like as long as I'm growing it I'm gonna I should because this is probably the last chance in my life I'm gonna be blessed with this wonderful opportunity to just grow my hair really long yeah so I thought as long as I'm growing it I should try to grow it as long as it's ever been I had long shoulder length hair in 1993 when I was in college and I had long shoulder almost shoulder length hair in the fall of 2000 and I thought okay this is it this is like getting the band back together one last time I'm going to go for it and I'm going to try to set a personal best so I'm constantly now comparing current selfies to decades old photographs <laughs> trying to figure out if my hair now is longer than it's ever been yeah, the moment it is I'm going <laughs> to shave my head shave my entire body 
<laughs> put all the hair into a little bag and then use that as like a throw pillow that will just be a little memento to this extraordinary year and change that we've all lived through. Oh, man. People yeah. lay their head down on it when they visit. Someone's, oh, yeah. you know, staying uh-huh, And they're like, oh, this throw pillow reminds me of despair and despondency and a sort of gray futureless feeling. Is this your COVID memorial hair pillow that I read about in, in um, Architectural Digest? Yeah, and they had that have... huge special issue about memorial throw pillows inspired yeah. by the COVID pandemic. And I'll say, yeah, that's, that's exactly... It's exactly what a, you're resting your your head on. You're going to have a centerfold and dwell. That's one of those Dwell, that would have been right? a better, yeah, totally. No, Architectural <laughs> Digest is a, an intimidating magazine as well. That's one of those, I always feel like it's for like the doctors put it out and they're like, there are smart people who come here too. It's like, oh, okay, well. That's one of the first magazines where I had as a kid, I think, like a budding sense of class consciousness. Like, oh, this... This magazine is not for my family. You know? <laughs> oh, our house isn't made entirely of glass. That's, yeah, uh, right. That's part exactly. Of this. Hey, we the, have things on our coffee have, like, tables. The... We fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that where they have like the four bedroom penthouse Manhattan apartment uh, spreads? Is that one of the? Is that Architectural Digest? Or Architectural is that a, Digest uh... is really big and glossy, and every you know all the homes obviously have been staged, so they're all really yeah. clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High ceilings, lots of light. Yeah, you know, but but very tasteful. It wasn't like the Rob Report or something. It wasn't gauche. It was very yeah, right. very aspirational for a certain type of person who was probably a millionaire, but also probably pledged to National Public Radio. Like we're not like those other rich people. You know, this <laughs> is wealth. This is not just being rich. This is generational type of stuff. That's what I associate yeah. with Architectural Digest. Yeah, it could like it feels like an alternate title. It could just be like it's called Taste. Like that's yeah, sort exactly. of the vibe. You know, where yeah. everything they own still costs. You know, five thousand dollars. Like their coffee table is a five thousand dollar coffee table, but they they have to tell you that it's five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, or mm-hmm. you just have to know. Really, you should. They just want you to know. They want yeah. somebody to walk in and be like, is that Ames? And they'd be like, yeah, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. good, good of you to notice. I've, I've forgotten. I've owned it for such a long time. Barely occurs to me anymore, but yes. Yeah, yes. I don't really keep track of who designed my furniture. <laughs> yeah, <I'm, laughs> that type of thing. I think yeah, mine is Bob from Bob's. I think right. that's what my couch is. My couch is designed by Bob. I don't know oh, if it was Bob. The, the, the human Bob or the claymation Bob. You know, I, I don't puppet know if they, if they give credit. Yeah, or is he a his, puppet? I don't his, remember. His creature, his little, yeah, those awful, ter- terrifying commercials. Little, little Do you think a Jennifer Bob? Convertible's piece of furniture has ever been in an issue of Architectural Digest, like, <laughs> like photobomb, like furniture photobombing, where later they were like, well, what's this couch in the background? I know we're focused on this table, but is this Jennifer Convertible's? I recognize this yeah. piping along the edge of the cushion, and then they have to like... They mosaic it out, or they yeah, do the, uh, or something. They do the thing that was always funny to me, and like in like in a magazine like GQ, where um, when they style somebody and they're wearing like the person is wearing something they didn't style them with, they'll list it as like you know they have the designers they're like jacket by Prada, blah blah blah, and then one of them is like you know like watch uh, model zone, and I it love always model felt zone. like that kind of yeah. thing. Where like, <laughs> Don't fucking talk to us about the watch. He wouldn't take it yeah. off. Like this isn't our res- this isn't our fault. Blame the model. Yeah. <laughs> 
Which I do wish it, it had been. It was usually something because it was celebrities that was still like very nice. But I, I wish you know sometimes some guy that refused to take off, you know, was like live strong bracelet or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's not us. That's, that's I used to be a fact that. checker at Maxim Magazine. One of the delights of that job was fact checking item by item every single thing used and credited in a fashion shoot. So I remember Model Zone very. Oh well. yeah, and that's what <laughs> yeah. you, you had a little break if it was Model Zone. You didn't have to fact check that at all. I guess technically I was probably supposed to confirm it was the models, but I think most of that, I think most of fact-checking fashion stuff was like, it really made your eyes hurt because it was like, there used to be this, back when I was doing this, there was an underwear brand called To Exist, yes. but it was styled to, it was styled like the number, it was it was like um, Elon Musk's baby's name. It was very, yeah. it was like <laughs> the number two and then a lowercase e, but then I think a capital X and then an IST and then maybe a second two like as the square you know square it was very yeah. complicated typographically I, I familiar, I'm familiar with it because they used to sell it on like an, an one of these clothes I think it is two open parenthesis lowercase x That's it, close the, yep, parenthesis yeah. IST and it so was like Existence, the Jude, uh, the Jude Law movie. Yeah, about, this, like, I think it was Matrix. the same era where everyone was just like, I don't know, throw an X into it, you know, yeah. like, that'll get the kids' attention. It was also it was a it was a, it was a brand and store that was like because you know I don't know remember exactly what year it was, but it was very clearly underwear that was marketed to gay men, but they weren't ready to say that out loud, so you just had to sort of like kind of get that by observe looking at the underwear because I remember they had a storefront in. Um, I think like Chelsea or Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, and totally. Once you saw the storefront, you were like, "Oh, okay." You're just you just don't want to blast it like right away. But the f- the fashion yeah. spreads in Maxim magazine were very interesting because Maxim at the time I don't know what it is now. I'm sure it's completely different. Um, but at the time, at least, it was like pretty straight, broy, yeah. if not outright homophobic. But the fashion spreads were completely gay. I mean, <laughs> you know, the fashion editor was gay. The whole aesthetic was usually gay, and I wonder now that you mentioned that if they had some like perverse pleasure in being like, "Oh my God, we got all these frat boys in Alabama buying two exist underwear." Like the, <laughs> the scheme is yeah. working, these idiots. You know, they're, like they're bend over to do a keg stand, and somebody's like, "Is that two exist?" Yeah, like, yeah, right. Exactly. You bet it is. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like that's what I remember of Maxim too. Or Maxim just sort of had that. Like it was like. Not Playboy because people still had clothes on, but it had that yep. same like. There like, was I don't no. Think my there was no nudity. Subscribe. I couldn't. I couldn't convince them that I was like. But I love their gear reviews. I love their uh, the Gear Patrol segments. You know, parents yeah. would be like, No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I love an interview with uh, like a old school era Vince Vaughn about where he's clearly like being tortured to talk to this person uh, <laughs> right. for. Like a like a in flight magazine level interview yeah. kind of like a all right yep we done okay uh, yeah we, we have to get off uh, how rad minutes. was it to work with Megan Fox <laughs> Megan's a great gal we had a lot of fun oh god oh god what's oh up god, with oh her god. thumb I read one thing about that once the media was, covered she it was, for yeah she was a five years after Maxim, Transformers Maxim, happened um, though I feel like to be fair to Maxim too at, at that point any magazine that just even had slightly like a male tilt. That was just a section was they were like, you also have to have a lady in a bikini. That's just, you can have like well, whatever sections you want. But yeah, just they, were no the, they, were the, they were the, they were the, they somebody imported the lad mag model. Oh yeah. And then they just, and then there were just a million, like Maxim, FHM stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough, Eli, that I was in college when this was going on. So mm-hmm. I was allowed to buy it because there was no one to tell me not to buy it. So, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, I definitely bought stuff and FA not every month or anything, but um, I had yeah, I, I was a I was a sometime reader of those. Yeah. It was a it was a British magazine tycoon named Felix Dennis, who really brought the lad mags. He made the uh, he had started Maxim in England and then he brought it over to the states and they had an American edition of Maxim. And then for people who found Maxim too high minded, they made stuff. I remember which, stuff, which was I, a dumb, dumbed down version of Maxim. <laughs> and do you know who the editor of Stuff was at the time that I was fact checking Maxim? I do not. Oh, I think I know. Can I guess? He's a very famous and funny late night host who's setting yes, the world Greg, on fire with his new program. Yep, Greg Gutfeld, baby. That's right. <laughs> That's I forgot right. he came, the he one came and out of Greg it. Gutfeld. Yeah. I believe there's an exclamation point, and it's, it's right. Gutfeld. Yeah. Yes. He didn't have the exclamation point when he was at stuff he did yeah. have the second half of his name was in parentheses and had an x floating above it in keeping <laughs> yes. with the aesthetics of the time yeah it was a, it was an imaginary last name it was zero with his last name subtracted and uh-huh. there was an i involved it was very complicated yeah yeah he got, he got in touch with his his heritage recently and added the exclamation point that you know he figured that out and he wanted to pay tribute they took that at ellis that came out at ellis island they were confused <laughs> uh, yeah yeah they didn't they were That's so excited to have arrived yeah gutfeld <laughs> Yeah, that's what they said. What's your last name? Godfeld. Okay, well, they're pretty loud. We should add the exclamation point. We don't. We don't know. I always like had that sort of because my last. I mean, it's my last name is Russian, like Juden, uh, but obviously in German, Juden just means Jews. And then apparently in uh, Russian, it's like son of the Jew. But like that was always something I thought where they just got confused at Ellis Island and they they were like last name and they're like, are they asking religion? They're like. Jew and they're like oh right yeah your last name's Jew okay get in here or whatever <laughs> but I'll never know yeah. it's like uh, the Italiano family that's <laughs> it's like well that's we did it yep that's it yeah unbelievable amount of families just named uh, hello last name hello or I don't understand <laughs> what <laughs> yeah name is K Jonathan no comprende I got here <laughs> many years yeah. ago oh but man. We've already covered all the lad mags. They're still. I, I think stuff all. is still around. I think Maximetta got rolled into stuff. That sounds. I I would believe that at the time I was there, Maxim was experiencing like almost unprecedented growth in the history of magazine publishing, and was really freaking out. It was like really kind of upending the 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 expectations of how many subscribers a magazine could get, and it led to a lot of obviously hand-wringing about the future of uh, American culture and American magazines because it was just so freaking popular. And we had a staff retreat at a resort in Jamaica. Um, it was in full flower. Then 9-11 came, and a lot of magazines really suffered economically after that. But Maxim did okay in part became because it became incredibly jingoistic. <laughs> uh, um, they were very smart about that. Um... Real and mad uh, kind of yeah, but I think I think reality caught up with Maxim magazine, like it caught up with so many magazines. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, it did not become the next Hearst. That's uh, the the Maxim publishing, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Maxim Flash publishing dynasty, <laughs> the yeah. Maxim yeah, right. family of New York. Yeah. Con- instead of Condi and Nast, it's Maxim and Stuff, where, and that's that's the uh-huh. that becomes the the highbrow <laughs> publishing house in a hundred years. The famous Maxim Stuff cafeteria that everyone wants to have a <laughs> oh, power yeah. meeting at. <laughs> It's just nothing but power bars. Just and beef jerky. Yeah. All the beef jerky you can eat. Right. 100%. Oh, 
Well, uh, do we want to jump into speaking of reporting? We have really good segues yeah. on this show. That's oh, one yeah. of the things mm-hmm. we do. Yes. Uh, do we jump to our first story here? Yeah, let's do it. Number five. Number five is a story that comes to us from the Moscow Times, also owned by Stuff, I believe. Fact, I will have to fact check that, but it, it seems likely. <laughs> um, this is a story about, uh, I guess this is a, a, a common or repeated competition they have in Siberia uh, where they have a uh, grave digging competition in Novosibirsk. Uh, so yeah, it's an annual competition uh, that aims to raise the prestige of the profession, uh, improve grave diggers' work performance, and attract younger generations to careers in the funeral industry, which I don't even know if I would describe grave digging as a part of the funeral industry. That's more of a mortician sort of thing to me than the guy you know i i will admit that a lot of my uh image of grave diggers is from the zelda franchise and it's the one guy with a lantern that wanders around in a graveyard so that's obviously not the best representation but um, yeah i thought you were gonna say the monster truck and that was that. oh that's yeah that one also what these people are doing yeah, yeah. uh weirdly almost never involved in a funeral grave digger <laughs> Very rarely. Immortal, Uh, strangely. So, you know, because it's still around. It's been 50 years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, DMX brought the monster truck into the funeral, and I think that's something everybody should should consider, at least. Um, But, yeah, so they have this grave digging digging competition. Um, uh, Each two, So it's a two-man team, so you've got your squad of of a fellow, you know, grave digger. And um, you have to dig a coffin-sized hole with the exact dimensions of 200 centimeters long, 80 centimeters wide, and 160 centimeters deep, which means nothing to me because I went to public school in D.C. and and <laughs> unfamiliar with the metric system. Um, they were judged on technique and accuracy, which a- accuracy is not part of it that I expected. That I guess, like yeah, is it like Price's Right rules or something? If you if you dig too deep, you, you I bet lose, they had to or? eyeball it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Which seems like that's I've also all the dimensions. Yeah, even if you are a professional grave digger, I feel like you will have you could just measure. I don't know. Maybe you it's have, just you a, have the yeah you have the time. It's not like you have to dig. I mean, I, you'd hope it's not like uh, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes me think it's like in casino or something where they you know they dig the graves after they uh, you know beat Pesci and his brother to death, <laughs> and it's like. You know, think about how long that probably took for somebody who's not a professional grave digger. Uh, that's uh, you know, that's why they do it in advance. Otherwise, it's, it's a whole work. That's a whole th- thing. That's that's the reason for the prevalence of shallow graves mm-hmm. when it comes to crime. It's uh, it's how, really rough to how, dig. How how long did it take? What's the? I don't know what the ballpark time is for this kind of thing. Uh, the the winners. Uh, which is also this will answer your question because this is a new record. I guess this is a world. Oh, okay. I assume world, maybe just Siberia, but. Um, they set the record of thir- under 38 minutes, so I'm guessing 37 wow. and change, which is very impressive. That's a lot of that's, dirt. That's a lot faster than I think I would have guessed. Yeah, yeah, especially up there. Like I feel like it's like it's cold enough there that the soil is never gonna like help you at all. Thaw. Like you're you're oh, yeah. just it's permafrost. Yeah. It's just pure tundra that they're digging through. I mean, it's it's a it's such a it's, it feels like such an appropriately sort of Siberian, just grim yeah. thing, you know, like, like it's like this or Ireland. Like those are the two that I can think of that would have like, uh, you know, uh, the, the sad countries, said, yes. yeah, <laughs> right. the countries where they, they are mourning a lot. Um, um 
Yeah, I, I interviewed mean, a grave digger once. Sorry? I interviewed a grave digger once about, about digging holes. Yeah? Any, was, uh, what was their biggest uh, thought? Well, and... it's, a, it's only tangentially relevant because he was using a backhoe. I guess he, was, mm. he wouldn't have been allowed in the um, competition in Siberia. But the, uh... the idea of making the hole very neat and precise and shoring, you know, making sure that the dirt doesn't collapse around the edges and keeping it neat is important um, for reasons of taste in case you're digging it in anticipation of a graveside service or something. Like yeah. you don't yeah. want it to look like a like a sloppy hole. You just, you know, like it's, it has to, it's a, it's a respect thing. You know, it's supposed to look tidy. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they'll even clean up the, the dirt that's collected around the edges and stuff so that it looks nice. But I do yeah. think like there is a, I mean, I'm not surprised they turned it into a competition. I mean, you can, you know, they, they have competitions for all kinds of things these days. Yeah. I think that, that if anything, that's probably why they put this emphasis on accuracy and technique because Otherwise, it is basically a strongman competition. Yeah, it's right. Just, yeah, who can like, do, who can dig the deepest hole the quickest? Doesn't yeah. matter what it looks like. <laughs> they, they don't want these amateurs out right. here just yeah. messing this there up. There has to be some they finesse. They don't care. They're dead. Engaging competition. <laughs> Put me in head first. I don't yeah. care. Just, just get me in there. Um, yeah, I mean, it does make sense. <laughs> I wonder. I, I feel like these people probably despise the backhoe. They, they probably have, like, you know, they, they, they would spit on a picture of a backhoe because I think... There's this. There's an art to this. Like that's what it does feel like too. That you know what they're saying. They're like, we want to continue the tradition of grave digging. That right, they're yeah. like, you know, they're like knife makers where they like hate the the people just punching knives out of sheet metal and they're like, it should be forged. It should be all this absolutely you know, deep stuff. Bookbinders um, or something. All all of the all of the lost arts that have been automated or mechanized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's an. Is, I mean, there's. I don't want to. I don't want to get these artisanal grave diggers mad at me but there is also an art to using a backhoe precisely i mean that's tricky yeah you know like to have a that's, nice clean edge when you're when you're digging out a you know a precisely measured grave especially if you're digging a fresh grave in the middle of a bunch of s- plots that are already filled do you know oh, what yeah. i mean it's, it's one thing source. to dig a grave in the middle of an empty field, but if you're going into a into a densely populated cemetery and digging out the final grave in a family plot or something, you have to be precise with a backhoe. There is a certain delicacy that you have to have. Yeah, you, you so. can't with an accidental accidentally exhume somebody. You yeah, ex- want to do absolutely, that. absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I mean that was what I was running to at the backhoe is like to, it, it, that seems at odds to be like we're using a backhoe, but also it has to be very precise because I you know. I feel like any mistake with a backhoe is a huge mistake. That's like there's not <laughs> a lot the first, of margin for error. The first for rule error. of back of backhoe operations. Yeah, measure twice, backhoe once. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the the other thing that I'm thinking about now is like the dark side of this grave digging competition, which is, are they gonna fill them? And I would assume they would. Otherwise, it would be kind of weirdly disrespectful, but also. I don't know if I would want some relative of mine buried in like so a, a contest hole. I don't know. Maybe First place, new this. car. Second place, a set of shovels. Third place, <laughs> you go in the hole. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. They just uh, they all have to stand in front of the grave they dug and close their eyes, and the judgment commences. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
They hit him with the Chigurh thing from uh, No Country for Old Men. Just, they just the, right the in. Cal, the it. cow bolt yeah. thrower. <laughs> well, that's that's the other problem with with you know any like in in movies and all that. Any grave that's dug, you know, uh, covertly in the, in the name of souls, you know, it's dangerous to do that because the shovel is such a natural murder tool as well. Like the same thing mm. you do the grave with, you can very easily just one good conk and. I mean. You think about this, like, you know, the, the whole, like, you know, dig your own grave thing. You know, they they march you out there at gunpoint, you know. Mm-hmm. that's We're talking about, like, that sucks for everybody involved. That's, like, an hours-long thing. If it's just one guy having to dig his own grave. I think like, it's just efficiency, though, because they don't want to do it. It's- no, of course. But it's just, like, you know, I'm not going to, what are you going to do, kill me more? I'm not going to rush, you know. And you can't, you can't, like, shoot me, you know once and expect me to keep digging effectively anyway so it's really just prime opportunity for a work slowdown that's true (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i guess that's i I guess the only thing you could hope for is that you dig such a beautiful graves that they keep you around to dig other graves yeah okay that's pretty good you're hired right (laughs) like hiring the shoeshine guy at the wall street firm because they like this hustle (laughs) in the 80s you've got spunk kid um (laughs) your debt's not forgiven uh (laughs) that will be hanging over your head the rest of your life but uh you get to do this for other people you're you'll be rewarded with indentured servitude to the mafia (laughs) you'll be carrying stuff for us forever it's like the um, interest is way too high for you to ever even at a even at a minimum wage rate to get anywhere near uh paying us off yeah uh um so yeah, they they did do this. The winners. I don't know if you guys want to take a stab at the uh, first place prize. What it is? It is money. It's not like a new shovel or you know whatever it could be. Um, uh, do you have you a USD rubles or in dollars? Your choice. Okay. You know, I was gonna say I have no sense of what a ruble comparison. You don't would know be. the ruble rate. I don't know the ruble rate. First first uh, prize in dollars. I have I have my guess. Should I say it or, right. or wait? Yeah, you go for you go ahead. Oh, Patty's Se- trying to out strategy you. Seventy five dollars. So okay. I w- see. I, I'm going in a different direction. I was going to say equivalent of around five grand. That's what I. That's what I, I I'll tell at. you right now. There's no way in a million years. Patty <laughs> <laughs> with the rare prices right goof, where he's <laughs> like, hmm, and then just goes way over. Um, I don't know what rules we're using, but yeah, you, I'm being honest. I'm going with my initial guess. Right. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't re- responding to his. David is vastly closer. It is four hundred dollars <laughs> American. Whoa! Okay. All right. Yeah. So higher than seventy-five. Uh, this is thirty thousand rubles. Um, so that's a little more of a, a natural thing. But yeah, four hundred dollars. Definitely not a lot. Um, yeah. In retrospect, I feel pretty bad about picking five grand. That was uh, a five was grand silly, would be a. A treasure, you know, it'd be a fortune. I don't know what the cost of living in Novosibirsk is, so I don't know whether 30,000 rubles is life-changing or not, but um, uh, I guess it's, you know, I guess it's a bit of a love of the game sort of thing. Yeah. Um, You get to, you get to be, uh, well, you probably don't get carried off because everyone's arms are very tired, but, you know, you get the respect of the other grave diggers, I guess. Yeah, it's more of a title thing. If you guys have interest, I'll post here. There's a, a, a tweet where you can watch video live. Of, oh, hold on. It's giving one of these insane URLs. That should be it. Um, you can watch the Grave Digging Competition live. It is exactly what you'd think. It's six people, you know, 12 people digging in a field. And mm-hmm. just whipping it. They're not really going fast, which I guess you have to. It's an endurance game as well. You have to pace well, yourself. But yeah. 
Like, yeah, I have to say, you know, I have to say it looks, it's very beautiful and not at all as gray as I expected. Yeah. You know, I have, I have a very, uh, obviously stereotypical idea of what Siberia looks like <laughs> yeah. and it is not like this. It kind of looks like um, Prospect Park in Brooklyn. Looks like, yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my, my, my thoughts on Siberia are mostly tiger related. That's like what I know more about Siberia, just kind of zoo books based knowledge. But yeah, mm. I would also have expected it to be, you know, the color green in general, I don't think I even had in my mm-hmm. Siberian palette in my head. Yeah. But uh, they don't we name who won. Um, <laughs> so Two guys good, won. Good job. Somebody. The paper. <laughs> right. But hopefully they got the money. So there you go. I do also like that apparently they brought in people to represent different regions. So, uh, in Siberia, so this is this is also sort of a, a bragging rights thing, where um, this is yeah, this is like the Palio and Siena, the big horse race mm-hmm, for all yeah. the neighborhoods. Yeah, it's like that, the, but they different did houses. Mm-hmm. Horse race. Yeah, so they they had people from Tomsk and the Republic of Altai as well, but Novosibirsk, I suppose, held onto the crown. Um, and last year it was in Tomsk, and they uh, the winner dug a grave in under fifty two minutes. So that's a huge time save. Wait, by themselves. I guess yeah. that doesn't sound like a team effort if it was 52 minutes. I, maybe they've changed the rules, but oh, that's fast. Even if they do change it's the rules. It's so much dirt. It's so <laughs> much yeah. dirt. That's it. Oh, it's all in centimeters. I'm trying to think of like square, like cubic footage of dirt. That's I mean, just fit. Yeah. I mean, just you can picture what the hole's like because, you know, you've, I mean, if you've been to a, you know, it's six feet deep probably or thereabouts. And then, yeah. Uh, I, you know, in, enough in to high, fit a coffin, I guess. In high school, uh, some of my friends did dirt jumping on bikes, and so we would dig ju- jumps for that. Yeah, and make yeah, and it's stuff. it's like a long. I I do. That's actually the more I think about it, that is actually incredible because it took us like f- five or six of us like all day to make like a little a little hump. Uh, and one time we did it. I'm from DC, so we did it, and what we were just like, this is a little field near our school. We'll make a jump for fun and then the police came and informed us that this was like a civil war battleground or something and yeah it was like a historic site yeah we'd committed a light (laughs) felony and (laughs) they were like obviously you didn't know this just fill it back in but that would have been an interesting thing to have skeleton hand is yeah yeah i mean i guess we should have known it was like fort reno i was like ah fort yes now it all makes sense it's all coming together but you know, Bro- brother, dirt biking brother, right? <laughs> you know, that's, that's the, yeah. the war between the dirt bikes. Yeah, I mean, we did dig up several Confederate soldiers, but we assumed that was just <laughs> normal. Um, so yeah, I mean, congratulations to the unnamed grave diggers of Novosibirsk for defending successfully taking back the crown um, and blowing and blowing them out like a, like yeah, a, that's a know, huge like a like a twenty five percent almost jump. You know, really. I do uh, want to see the full leaderboards a little bit, but I have no idea how to get that. I want to see like, did they just absolutely blaze everybody, or was is ever or is just people people are getting this this exponentially better at grave digging this quickly? Because that's a, like you were mentioning, that's a lot shorter than last year's. Yeah. They yeah, the, uh, new techniques. They found the Usain Bolt of grave digging. He's new like training, the next tier of what humanity is capable yeah. of. <laughs> yeah, somebody has like a Michael Phelps type mutation that lets them dig graves incredibly right. fast. Um, you know, his he, instead of like webbed fingers, it's 
Shovel hands? I don't know. I don't know. It's what it's probably them. has something to do between your body proportions, your torso relative to your arms and stuff. You know. Yeah. It's something you just need to be shaped like a back. Fulcrums in your in your body and mm-hmm. how you use them with a shovel. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Um, if you'd like to do an interview or come on the show, whoever won this, send us a letter uh, from Novosibirsk. <laughs> we'll keep an eye out. Well done. Yeah. Number four. All right, number four uh, comes from uh, another place that I just assume is really cold all the time, but I'm sure is not. Uh, Buffalo, New York, mm. or the Buffalo area. Uh, I guess specifically Hamburg, New York. Um, and uh, there is, okay, so there's a mystery that was on, uh, taking place for the past, I guess, three, year, three years or so. Um, basically, every night, somebody would slow down their car in front of this guy's lawn and uh, throw a used McDonald's coffee cup onto the edge of the lawn and then speed off. And this went on every night, um, one or two cups, sometimes cigarette butts, you know, but it's just the, it was like the routine every day. This guy, uh, they eventually filled up 10 garbage bags with more than 300 coffee cups, the, 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 the husband and wife that live on the property. <laughs> um, and they were trying to figure out who it was. Um, and... They invested in security cameras. They had, I guess, high power binoculars waiting out in the cold to see, you know, if they could spot this person. Never so saw, clearly saw the, the license hole. plate. Yeah, I mean, economically, you know. immediately, like they won as yes. soon as you bought one security camera, they <laughs> yeah. won. I, I think it, it's like a strain of that, like neighbor, you know, the the suburban, like going insane property line stuff. But I mean, you know, this is littering and whatever. So anyway, so so yeah. they, they they didn't know. Uh, uh, and they couldn't figure it out. And then, uh, so the, then they got the neighbors involved and they set up a stakeout. And this is after years of this happening. Um, so they shared the license plate with the police. Once they got the license plate, somebody wrote it down. They had a lot of eyes on the, on the, the scene. And then the police set their own trap and pulled over this guy, uh, who is, I guess, um, a 76 year old man, uh, <laughs> who was a former coworker of the wife of this couple. And apparently he had uh, some kind of resentment that has gone on for years. Mm, wow. So this is, I guess this guy's deal was he would go and this is his way of, uh, I guess, um, sticking it to her or something for some kind of slight in the past. So, um, were they at least yeah. sort of on his way to work or was that, was he driving specifically over here to throw these 76 yeah, is fi- old too. I would think a McDonald's it's- coffee would like, kill a 76 year old just like that caffeine would just their heart would pop like a balloon yeah well especially at nighttime too but i mean um yeah. i guess well, do I they mean, know i mean all they know is that he would throw the cup they don't know when he emptied the cup of coffee right that's no, true he could have kept maybe it all he back. started that's his day point. with the coffee cup and then at the end of the day on his way home that's when he would throw the the long emptied cup onto the lawn right that was his nightcap maybe it's the like last thing he does treat. before he goes to bed. That little, little triumph to, to take him into take him into sleep. Right. Um, I'm surprised it took them that long to do a stakeout. If they said he was years, because yeah, I, I kind of feel like it wasn't a priority for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To figure out who it You'd, was, because I'm yeah, pretty I mean, sure think, you could figure it out after one night. Uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Which stay I guess up all it's the night. Same thing. And yeah. any car that drives by, <laughs> you write down the license plate, and you know if they throw a coffee cup, that's probably your guy. <laughs> you got him. 
Oh, it's somebody else. It's just one person that unluck, unlucky just like happened to need to throw a coffee cup outside of their car, and then they yeah, get right. pinned. They get <laughs> right, pinned God. with uh, all the hundreds Your of Honor, coffee cups. Your Honor, this is a case of wrong place, wrong time. My client mm-hmm. is not uh, is not from the area. Has not been. Yeah, apparently, apparently, it's like because they're older, the people that live in the house, and it's a big big enough property, they would they wouldn't like see them every day like i guess they went down and would clean up like 10 or 10 at a time or something like they wouldn't always be down there okay i see wait so the homeowners are were also seniors yeah they're they're, i guess they're about the same age okay Um, okay they worked together years ago yeah yeah i was making a lot of assumptions i also assumed it was just like a standard suburban plot yeah you know or lot where it would just you look out your window and see the car driving by. But if you own a lot of property and it's wooded or whatever, and there's a lot of ways into and off, out of the property, yeah, you can't be expected like, to. What is with all these cups? Like, right, yeah, if, yeah, if you yeah. were in like a like a standard like you know white picket fence type deal, and there's just a coffee cup every morning, it's like all right. Like after a week, you're like, what the what the fuck's going on here? Okay, yeah. we gotta you know. Like, I would almost figure think, this out. I would almost think at first that it was just some sort of like raccoon that like. Enjoyed mm-hmm. the coloring of was McDonald's like dragging the cups to build a nest or something. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like a magpie involved, right? Or something like yeah, that. yeah, like yeah, a little, yeah. Little treasure bird, um, like birds do with shreds of plastic. Yeah, yeah. They just like the colors. They're like, this would be mm-hmm. beautiful for my home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess he, I guess he lived a mile away. So he, this was not a big out of the way thing for him. Um, but clearly, he, you know, I don't know if it was on his way home or what. But but so the mystery. So that they identify the guy and. The lady says, so she was a, um, she was a union officer at this, at the job she had. And I guess he was her like nemesis who was on the opposite side of union related issues at the company. And so he regularly would like insult her and stuff. So he was this like a, a labor component. Yeah. This sounds like he was like kind of a, a little, uh, scabby maybe, unless mm-hmm. she was the one who was oh scabby. God. I can't really tell here, uh, from, mm-hmm. from the way this is framed, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, so th- there is a, there is a. Like I guess they said the name, and she was like, "Are you ki- what? Really?" So this guy really held on to this. Uh, wow, <laughs> really, just a little, just just an absolute, you know, hate turned into a diamond over years, compressed uh-huh. in his heart. Uh-huh. I I will also I'll posit something else too that I I kind of because something not this similar, but is that I kind of maybe think they held on to it so long because it was nice to have a little mystery in their life. Like mm-hmm. to find out it's over and you're back to just living in Hamburg or whatever. Right, but right. It's fun to be able to have that to talk about. And then like, you know, you go to a dinner party or something. It's like, what's happened to those coffee cups? Any like, news about there? those coffee cups? What's going on with your uh, your coffee bandit? <laughs> yeah. Well, we because- just installed $40,000 worth of security cameras. <laughs> well, it's not. It won't be long now. Yeah, we've You've got to hear the story. They have the most amazing situation going on on their property. Someone keeps <laughs> leaving coffee cups. Oh, really? <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, they they get like a headline in the local, you know, the Gazette. Right. Um, but I was because I I have had this thing where uh, somebody this is not a crazy New York thing, but someone keeps stealing my packages and not any packages. They keep specifically stealing the packages I get of. Um, it's like one of those HelloFresh type, like it's a grocery box food delivery. Um, yeah, so people keep stealing my groceries from the front of my apartment, and I no, like found, you know noticed it, and um, I had the same thing where I was very mad, but also I was like, the game is afoot, you know, like I was like I have a thing, and I didn't react as well. I was immediately kind of 
very casually like i wonder if i could set up a you know i was like do i have any empty boxes in my apartment from this can i put like an ink pack in one i want to like blast somebody like a bank oh, robber right, like when they try to take my goddamn zucchini or whatever but um just set up like a spring gun you know like so yeah. when they open the lid of the thing uh, the gun goes off just to, yeah uh, and then that's a great idea do that yeah that's <laughs> a great idea <laughs> Officer, that's I think defending you your, That's defending your property. That's, uh, that's, that's Just watch and, any old Bugs Bunny cartoon are. to figure out the mechanics of how the spring gun is going to work. <laughs> yeah. And then put it in a flimsy cardboard box and then leave the loaded firearm on, your, on, your, on the front stoop of your building. Yeah. yeah. And anyone It'll who touches good. it will immediately get their head blown off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I hear a, a, you know, a, a shotgun fire and a scream and the sound of viscera hitting pavement, I'll be like, I've got my man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go outside. And then I go to jail for years and years. Yeah. Um, uh, was the mailman the whole time. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no. Those, those, those sort of things are always funny. Because I, I remember seeing on, um, I think it was like an episode of Pawn Stars where somebody brought in one of those very like Looney Tunes. It was a small writing desk that had a gun built into it that I guess, you know, the idea was somebody came in and was it was sort of a trapdoor situation where you'd the pan, front panel of the desk would flap down and a gun would shoot them and um yeah they brought in you know a gun expert to look at and he was like i mean the desk would just blow up he's like it's basically for fun he's like right. if you ever tried to fire this it would probably shoot a lot of wood into your stomach like it just is not viable but you know i i still looney tunes really it's like the quicksand thing. They gave us a lot of unrealistic expectations for totally, yep. self-defense. Yep. You know, it's like that. Yeah, stu- all kind of stuff like that. Like, uh, just the idea of anything being bottomless, like a bottomless pit, like just like a black, like a hole that, like you know, like somebody had to. I mean, we were just talking about digging. Like somebody, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a trap door uh, in front of your, you know, evil businessman desk or whatever, and you and you pull the lever or hit the button. Like somebody had to like you know rig that whole setup and like create that well or whatever that people go in. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole lava. You, you don't never, think about almost that. never see lava. Huge yeah. problem. You never have to climb cargo nets either, which we, yeah. we which we all had to get very good at oh, at, right. at one point <laughs> as a kid. You never even see a cargo net. Yeah, you know, yeah. really rarely. Um, that's uh, well, I guess the closest anyone ever came to that was the what, what was it H H Holmes who like did, and that was actually very close to the grave digger thing we were talking about because. I think part of his thing was he would like bring some contractor into his weird, basically haunted hotel where he murdered people. And he'd be like, Hey, I need a long shoot that uh, ends in a furnace. And they'd be like, okay. And then they'd build it. And as soon as they were done, he would kill them and then shove them down the chute. And you know, it was whatever year that was. So nobody, this is a real thing that happened. Yeah, he built like he he had this hotel and it was during like the the 1880s, maybe. 1870s, 1880s. I mean, I have it, it's that that book, Devil in the White City, is all about it. And so he had this hotel, and just like it was filled with uh, secret rooms, like places to dispose of bodies, like like literal torture chambers and stuff. And just he would uh, regularly, I believe, just hire contractors to build this stuff and then kill them. And so no one had. There were never. You know, you couldn't get blueprints to this hotel because none of them were ever recorded. Because mm. they just—he just literally had this like horrific hotel. Because he was the guy. He was one of those serial killers where even he could be the easiest with, with the barest amount of actual police investigation. You'd know who did it because you're just like, okay, well, everybody who stays at this hotel right. seems to keep dying. Right. And everyone who the, works on this hotel never comes back from the job site. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and he didn't even like like there's uh, reports of him I think in the book where it's like he didn't even look normal it wasn't even one of those situations where they were like oh he was perfectly charming most of the time it was like no he reportedly was like very weird all the time and just so yeah like anybody asking any questions about it you'd think but yeah it was uh it was the year when they didn't do anything about it so i think he has like he killed like i'll i'll look it up but i think he he got quite a bit done well, if he owned a hotel, he probably had some position of authority or wealth in the community. That can you can get away with a lot of yeah stuff. Yeah, it says, it says here he went to Exeter, but I mean that's it's a you great know, school. The, I mean the, that's a top notch school. Yeah, in the eighteen hundreds, that didn't really necessarily mean you know that was like one of uh, that was just a school you could go. You one know, of three bit, schools. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, I, maybe I, not as big a deal. I think he. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to check. I think he also got wealthy by like marrying in the money and then killed. Obviously uh, killed the woman that he married, but um, oh, he killed. He, he literally looking through his life, everyone connected to this man just got murdered, and they never yeah. looked into it because he got money by killing his medical school classmate for insurance money. I don't know why he would be on his, you know, <laughs> on his policy. Because he's on the policy. You can just write it on a piece of paper at that point. There's no, uh, I, you know, oh well, it says here, okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, he was he was active from de- December 1891 to November 1894. Uh, yeah, he owned uh, what he called the World's Fair Hotel, parenthesis informally called the Murder Castle. This um, guy's like a steampunk Robert Durst. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. a lot, and he only ever got actually caught for one murder. He got sentenced to death because he killed his business partner, which again, like. Really, a one-to-one, people A to B sort of. People are going to know, yeah. Like I know people died a lot more back then, but like you know, uh, yeah. Eventually, it's going to add up here, pal. Yeah. So old, he wasn't even that. He wasn't even that old, right? I feel like he was not. Thirty-four was when he was okay. Excluded. So he. He had a high. He had a high peak. He didn't. He didn't have a long. Imagine you know, owning a hotel like, uh, when you're thirty-four years old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he they they caught him for the one. He also went to Michigan. Cool, uh, a fellow grad. <laughs> um, uh, Did people stay in the hotel? Like like was it like a functioning hotel, or was he just constantly having work done on it? I'm reading. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna obviously. I'm not acting like I have a, 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 a yeah, yeah, yeah. academic paper up, and I'm on Wikipedia. But this is in the quiz. Yeah, yeah. Evidence suggests the hotel portion was never actually open. He just brought people oh. in to work on it and then murdered them. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he he got caught for one murder. He confessed to twenty seven, and they estimate that possibly over two hundred people were killed. That's like most of Chicago. I feel like at that point, <laughs> it's like half of not you know obviously not really, but how are two hundred people dying and nobody's like, hey, what about that weirdo with the murder? Yeah, it hotel? says he was also he was also a con man and a trigamist. I guess so he was he like he was just just marrying people all over the place you know without and and just yeah i mean just a bad just a straight up bad guy like you yeah. know like there's just just like truly not a lot of, a lot of dimensions but all bad like a just a renaissance like the da vinci of being bad yeah and i'll this all really i, I mean you could not put more of a button on this or a ribbon on this i'm finding some of the stuff they found when after they arrested him they kind of went through his hotel and were like what is in here uh things that he had had built which again, who is taking these contracts and not <laughs> like uh-huh. uh, he had a vault built, he had a crematorium built, he had trap doors, and he actually had 
which it's it's quick lime, but I think that's like quicksand, right? It's like a lime mixture that no, is basically quick 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 lime. Oh. I think is to um, dispose of bodies. bodies right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought isn't it was like it, a isn't lime. It like lye, it just like boils them yeah, down. That makes nothing, sense. Chemically, I've, I've, I thought that was like a mixture of limestone that functioned where you know you drop something. But yeah, I guess oh. it was disposed of body because it was uh, filled with bones. Um, yeah, sure. So, yeah, uh, it's like I need, you, I need you to build this. Uh, I need like a pit with spikes at the bottom. Basically, and, uh, yeah. Also, it's like, uh, what do you? What's going? What do you guys do here? It's like, well, uh, it's a themed. Uh, Have look, you heard of the like World's the, Fair? Um, yeah, I need you to work from eight p.m. to eight a.m. only, uh, and uh, I'll see you tonight. Okay, um, yeah. I'll pay you after the job is done. And like uh, uh, more and more of this, I mean, we're not going to just turn into another true crime podcast. There are there are shit, yeah. certainly enough, but yeah, like there's other things where okay, um, a man and a wife wrote that they were going to. They're like they'll like write to their relatives. They're like we're going to this place in Chicago, and then they're just never heard from again. And <laughs> nobody thinks to be like, hey, could someone check this place that they said? Uh, yeah, so he was having contractors coming in. Um, yeah, also had. A bunch of acid yeah, yeah. i mean mm-hmm. you're just gonna have acid mm-hmm. yeah you know that's for your hotel <laughs> well I, yeah i need it for the hotel the acid yeah uh, and then he would just little... sell their bodies to like wait medical what? institutions <laughs> sell the bodies he to would... who <laughs> so uh to medical institutions so i guess like i mean oh there's the right kind of the... Cad- like a cadavers to yeah. um okay Here's a cadaver. It's it has spike wounds all over it. Uh, anyways, right. You could have your medical sco- students try to figure out how they died. Right. Um, you know, the first person he gets, like, you, he gets like you both this, ways. Seems like this he person stiffs was you. Murdered. He stiffs you on the thing, and then he and then he makes money off of your body. Yeah. This is a it's real. True. I mean, it is. No wonder he was <laughs> successful enough to own a hotel. He's making money yeah. on both ends of the transaction. You don't get rich giving it away. Right. Yeah. So uh, again, you give it up. Uh, you know, a group of medical students in the theater being like, "Okay, well, it seems this guy was stabbed to death. Where did you get this body? Mm-hmm. No one cares. No one knows." Um, oh, it's in this hotel that I have. Um, come check it out tonight. Uh, <laughs> we can. Uh, I'll show you where I found it. Yeah. Here. Oh, you said what from my hotel? How awful. <laughs> Here, sit in my airtight foyer. Well, if you hear the hissing <laughs> right. of gas, that's certainly nothing to worry about. Let's yeah. lay down on this slab and we'll talk about it in a second here. <laughs> don't, uh, don't. Yeah. That's, yeah. So they inspected the hotel when he was out. They found rooms with hinged walls, false partitions, le- secret passageways, and airtight rooms connected to pipelines filled with gas. Uh, he would use chutes to deliver the bodies to the basement and then dissect them and then sell them to medical institutions. So this is. I mean, he had every part of this. <laughs> so he's sell- he's selling. He's not even selling like a hey, I got the, whatever the logistics of like I found this drifter or whatever, and I'm selling him. Whatever that seems like it's the idea that you'd be able as a private citizen to sell a body seems you know like it would be more like an unclaimed body thing you know from this from the morgue or something. But um, yeah. oh right, these yeah. bodies are also pre dissected, and he's like, anyway, do you want this or uh, it's like. Did you, like, were you digging around in there? Are you going to, yeah. okay, uh, I guess the we'll hosp- take it. I mean. The hospital's just like, look, man, we need the livers, all right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. want to cause a stink, but we need them. It's like, I want to be very clear. I didn't eat any of this body, okay? <laughs> I want to make that, I want to get that up front. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the point one I want to make here. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, uh, Hunter, what is his name? Henry something H. Holmes? H.H. Holmes. H. H. Holmes. I was. I mean, I can't stop thinking Triple H. He's the real Triple H. Yeah, this guy. Uh, the inspiration. That's, that's the thing. Um, um, 
Yeah. Well, so he didn't he didn't leave any coffee cups, so we'll just bring it back. And uh, but uh, this other guy will hopefully be brought to justice. Um, I yeah. assume he will not be facing the death penalty, um, unlike H.H. H. Holmes. Um, but wow, this guy he has really... denied that he was responsible, but it seems like they got him pretty red-handed. I'm yeah, not sure. I mean, just... Uh, <laughs> what, what are you, like, he's going to get charged with perjury over this coffee cup? You know, like, I, mean, I don't trial. know what kind of crime we're talking about here, like uh, what kind of time he's facing. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Pleads not guilty, so we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll, follow, we'll, we'll keep following this case. We'll get the... Uh, the, the the justice com- correspondent on there, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Do number three. Let's do it. Number three. Number three. This one is a, a new guideline from the CDC. Not about you know the usual thing. Um, this is for any backyard poultry owners that we have. Any any chicken raising listeners. Uh, the CDC is apparently having a big problem that. Um, they would like people to stop hugging and kissing their pet chickens because uh, people are getting salmonella. Um, so they say don't don't kiss or this is the quote from the CDC: don't kiss or snuggle backyard poultry. Which that's like a beautiful lyric, to be honest. That's you know feels like, like yeah. a silver Jews lyric or something. Um, and don't eat or drink around them. This can spread salmonella germs to your mouth and make you sick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is the natural, I guess this is, because I feel like that's a big thing, like the chicken is pets thing has, has really exploded. I mean, I'm totally saying totally. this from Brooklyn, so that's a hotbed of the behavior, but yeah, I mean, it's very much that because I don't think any farmer, like I've been in a chicken coop before and it's That's not, not a place that makes you want to hug and, and cuddle with the animals? <laughs> Yeah, industrial or, industrial know. farming, yeah, of yeah. chickens, <laughs> and I've never been like, oh well, I didn't quite have time to eat my sandwich. Uh, I'll just finish it off in the chicken coop. Um, right. Yeah. Like, just put it down on on the top of one of the cages for a second yeah. while you're doing something. Yeah. I, I love a place that feels humid with just the the like fluid of life. That's what mm-hmm. a chicken coop is. It's just like cloudy with just bat, just just living material. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and this is this seems like like it's happened a because they're saying it's been a year maybe I don't know if this is people are hanging out with their chickens more because they're inside or whatever they're they're stuck at home and that's their new friend but they've had multiple salmonella outbreaks that uh, they trace back to someone I guess kissing and snuggling there and I could see the kissing thing like because. You've seen people with like a French bulldog just absolutely like licking its licking each other's mouths out, and uh, so I can I can see somebody getting perhaps too close to their chicken. Totally, a little kill a kiss on the top of the head on the know. comb, right on the. Yeah, well, maybe not on the comb. <laughs> I forgot about the comb. Maybe not. That you always seem. forget about the comb. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like. I don't know. I always thought it was. I guess I don't know how often chickens lay eggs i don't know what, what what the frequency is i don't know if anybody's on top of that once every two years that's it's very rare <laughs> that's my it's guess a for, it's once it's a every two years event. yeah the village the village gathers for the the biannual uh-huh. egg laying right. um but i've always heard like when i've seen people that have backyard chickens i think like my cousin might have actually had one like when they start to paint it as like a like it's for eggs actually that doesn't uh, it just doesn't seem like volume wise that could be real, you know. Like uh, no, they. I'm, I have friends with with chickens. They and you know, a lot of people I know who've had chickens have experimented with the chicken raising lifestyle, 
Or like, will you please just take some of these fucking eggs? Like, every day more eggs. I can't eat this many eggs. So I think actually it's like... It's, it's pretty it, real. It, yeah. You're going right. to be eating a lot of omelets, a lot of quiches, a lot of scrambles. Oh, what a curse, man. Yeah. That's like... I feel like really eggs too, like... It's hard to get rid of a lot of eggs. More than even other than some of the other stuff. You know, like when someone gets one of those like farmer's market packages and you're like, okay, I got 14 yeah, things of, of radishes. It's like, right. all right, you just make radish soup or something. You do something yeah. weird. But eggs is like... You don't like egg soup? <laughs> yeah, just egg drop soup. All yeah. eggs. Extra <laughs> eggs, egg drop soup. But yeah, like it's... You can't really hide eggs in like other dishes. It's just like, hey, do you want to come over to my house and eat like twenty to thirty eggs? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just, just put an egg on just, top. That's that, that was a trend for a while. Just put a, just crack an oh, egg yeah. on, yeah. on yeah. burgers anything, and stuff. You know? Total, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. fried egg on top of a hamburger. That was very cool for a while. I still, I still enjoy it because I feel like it's a, it's it's like a because it's basically like mayonnaise but a step back, right? That's before they've whipped it up and all that. Yeah, I it's deconstructed mayo. Yeah, deconstructed. It's extra, it's extra protein. It's healthy. You know, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's how I look at it. Um, as the shooting rods in the morning, like the rocking. artery walls continue to harden. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all very good for you. Um, yeah, I like. I guess it does make sense. I don't. I, it just sounds like such a nightmare to own that animal. I don't know. I mean, there's the egg supply, which also sounds like it turns into a curse, but. I mean, the obvious thing, I don't even want to, I feel like it's trite to even bring it up, but like, they're going to wake you up every morning. You you're, you now are on a farmer's schedule, whether you like it or not, unless you get some sort of Well, that's the rooster, right? Coop. What? Isn't that the rooster? I guess if Not you the only chicken? have hens, yeah, they won't do it. Do you need okay. a rooster? I don't really know how they operate. I don't know if it's like you need. The, the, the hens actually don't wake up unless you wake them up. If they don't have the yeah, rooster, you have that's to crow. Yeah. When I first to... when I first moved to Brooklyn, there's a long. This is over 20 years ago. Our neighbor, we would get woken up in the morning by a rooster, and we it was really confusing to us. It was not what we were expecting when we moved to Gowanus. Um, <laughs> and then we realized our neighbor had a rooster, and one day the rooster attacked me, and in our back little patio area and the owner had to come through our apartment to, to grab his rooster. But this rooster was not there to, for the purpose of making eggs. We realized it was a, it was a fighting cock. Oh, he, nice. he was um, well, involved nice. in um, rooster cock fight. fighting. Yeah. Cock fight. Yeah. That's a great, well, that's a good phrase. That, that's an easy <laughs> way to say. I was going to say he was involved in rooster, uh, rooster forward, um, <laughs> combat situation. No, it was cock fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rooster combat sports, poultry rooster combat, combat like, sports, otherwise known as mm-hmm. cockfighting. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the uh, little like slasher thing. No, but him, I mean, he? when he attacked me, he, he flew down. Their their outdoor area was on a higher level than ours, so the root. I what I was doing actually was I was shaking a can of spray paint because this is the time. This was the time in our in my life when I was just buying plywood at Home Depot and spray painting it, and then being like, "There's a sofa." We were just like making the cheapest furniture we could. <laughs> so I was yeah. um, shaking a spray can, and I think something about the sound put the put this cock into fight mode, and so yeah. it swooped down on me. And I, you know, if it had had the razors attached to his feet, I would have been all cut up. Would have been it. Yeah, totally. I, I it would be funny if if. Roosters got the same bad rep that like pit bulls have. Where if you saw any rooster, you'd right. be, like assume that it's been trained. Get for that fighting. away from me! Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's an aggressive animal. 
It's like roosters <laughs> can't safe. help it. They're just they're it's in their blood to to kill each other with small razors. Um, they're basically like it's like don't they do that? And uh, Patty is and and Kathy's are big pro wrestling people. I'm not, but that's like a wrestling thing too. Don't they hide little bits of razors? They basically. Yeah, but that to uh, not to, to not for themselves. hitting each other. Yes. Yeah, to cut themselves. Yeah, right. Correct. Yeah, like that one guy to bl- was to blade big like don the crimson horn. mask. Yeah, oh my yeah, god! Yeah. yeah, that's I I am still like I don't know much about wrestling, but I still find it every year there's a new show or movie that's like rest pro wrestling is darker than you think it is and i feel like everyone knows it's very dark there's, like, there's another one coming out this year is it it's dark on, side of the cha- ring yeah uh, i forget what channel it's on but it's the dude uh the dude from arrow uh who was in who did some wwe stuff he's like the star he's like the star of the show who's like um it's him and his brother i guess in the show and they're like running this old promotion in like a, in like the you know the middle of oklahoma or something somewhere in the you know um, yeah, going back to the family business type thing. So there's yeah. another one for you to check out. But it, although it's <laughs> it has a very Friday Night Lights vibe in the trailer. It's got like I don't know. It's not quite explosions in the sky like type music, but it's like uh, so maybe you know Friday Night Lights. But they but they're wrestlers. Uh, you know I'm not gonna say no to that. I don't think. Um, yeah. But uh, we'll we'll have to see. It might be on Stars. I can't remember what channel it's on. But anyway, so there you go. There's another one. Yeah, it was just like, I feel like forever. It was it was like wrestlers and comedians where people were like, did you know they're sad? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it, all, it all seemed very like sad, like for a long time. But um, yeah, I think you, I think you can tell <laughs> if, you, if you, you know, if you pay any attention yeah. to listen to the words they're saying usually, and that will tell you how they are. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we may have listen if you're a listener and you have a backyard chicken, let us know. Let us. And if you've been kissing and snuggling it, you need to stop. Yeah, it's salmonella's on their eyes. Um, Cass should just friend that kid with the, the Civil War reenactor kid that we talked oh, about yeah. like six months ago. That Instagram Our keeps telling her to Civil be friends War with Civil War reenactor chicken. Yeah, um, um, that creepy Facebook thing where it just like, God, it's like how, the same way that phones are getting smarter and dumber at the same time. So they can't differentiate between who you know and who you like, who it thinks you know, because it's the same thing where it's like. The number of a Bumble date I went on one date with two years ago, and Instagram's still like, you know this person. Like, <laughs> I mean, technically yes, but like, no. Like, I'm not gonna for, nurture uh, something further with them. Yeah, um, it's like that, but with the chicken. Yeah, with the, with well, the Confederate chicken. Best of luck to all these chicken owners. I hope you don't get uh, salmonella. Yeah, quit making out. Mm-hmm. Number two. All right, number two. Um, this one uh, comes to us from, and I, I just want to, I'll go through the, uh, the credits for these stories, by the way. We forgot to do oh, that right. as we were doing it, I feel like. Uh, so the, uh, the grave digging was Wet Bigfoots. The coffee cups was J.D. Steves on Twitter. The poultry, uh, I don't know if that one was from anyone, was it? Um, I do. Uh, uh, that is from the Great Bussy Bake Off. Oh, okay. On Discord. Uh, and um, yeah, so coming up now, we have another one from Wet Bigfoots. This is a uh, in China, a um, Chinese, I guess, some kind of oligarch, you know, rich enough to do this, uh, bought a soccer team, and uh, in the second division, I guess, so not like the you know, not the big leagues, but you know, still like a you know, a, a, probably not too cheap, but uh, he, I guess, he got. He's 35 years old. He's the, the principal shareholder of the team. And during a match, um, just before injury time, he got subbed in to go in and play. 
So he put himself in the Whoa. in the match on the field. Um, yeah, and this is uh, the owner. This is the owner, and uh, he's he, he's you know like thirty five. Not you know uh, played for a couple minutes. I guess he, apparently he's been registered with clubs in the past. So he like is a guy who like at one point played. You know, I'll say fo- I'll switch to football now because I keep saying soccer. I'm sure that's making people some people upset. Um, but uh, I guess it's not the wildest thing. You know, it's not that crazy that he maybe he would want to play and it wouldn't be too crazy. But then uh, apparently uh, during the game, uh, another game, uh, his his son got on the pitch. Uh, and his son, I guess, you know, the, the, the way the story is reported is that he demanded that they put him in. I'm just going to show you a picture. of the. I'll put it in the chat here. I'm looking son. at him. Let's uh, say he's not exactly in... He's not an athletic specimen. Oh wow, that's an inspiration. <laughs> I'm perhaps in better shape than this man. Yeah, he's a big not, boy. I like this. I like this. this, this uh, is, so he looks yeah. Cuddly. So they got him in. Uh, I don't know how it went, um, but I love this idea of just. I mean, because like. I guess they don't have roster rules or anything, you know, or like a, like did they have to cut someone to get him on the thing to make him eligible? Because like yeah, that couldn't happen in like American sports. Squad. You can't just like buy the you know buy the Yankees and be like I want to play center field and it's like well we have you're not on the forty man roster so we can't <laughs> like we have to we have to cut like that's not you can't go in the you know yeah. um, so uh, like, yeah, unless you're Billy I'm, Crystal you get to, you get to take in a bat in spring training that's yeah. that's one thing you can do if you're I'm if also you're, I'm looking uh, not only that according to this story I'm looking at it's not only that he's in, he is, he's mandated that his son is the, one of the starters on the team. So he's not oh, yeah. even, like, coming off the bench for, like, relief. He's like, no, he starts the game on the field. Um, he honestly doesn't even look like he has the stamina to play a full soccer game. Um, yeah, that's to, the thing. Uh, cardio, very heavy cardio. Uh, yeah. uh, You're saying you don't think this so. guy could dig a human-sized grave in under an hour? <laughs> I don't think he's hitting 38 minutes. Maybe last year. Maybe right. if he only needed to get under 52, he could do yeah. it. But yeah, um, yeah. So, this, okay, so, we, so we, have a, we have a weight for this guy, um, 126 kilos. So that's oh, well, you know about, about, uh, that's like over 250. Is okay, as my, my you know mm-hmm. we have a height. Probably. I want to really get the proportions here. Um, I don't see a height here. Uh, but to, over 250, not not would be considered kind of playing weight for most footballers. I yeah. think that's safe to say. Um, Okay, well, and this this may not surprise you, but uh, this this club Zebo Kuju, I'm sure I'm butchering that. They're last in the standings uh, with only one point out of fifteen possible, so they're really stinking up the joint. Um, but uh, it doesn't seem like uh, you know uh, maybe the fans don't care. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to the it extent there are fans, it says they have one point through five matches. I don't know if that's through like soccer's weird, like you get points for wins and stuff, and they do all the you know. They have all the yeah. math and their their standings, or if they literally mean they've only scored one goal. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Foot soccer, football, whichever you would choose. Like that's I, I'm not very well versed, but it, since Stoddart, which is probably like which is the like baby soccer in the area where I grew up, but like soccer's five people on the field. What? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. No, per that's team. Way, it's definitely. Are you joking right now? I have no idea. I truly. <laughs> you don't, don't know, know how many people are on a soccer team. No. How many people are on a basketball team? Ooh. Uh, like, roster or on the, on the court? You have a Michigan flag hanging up behind you. How do you <laughs> oh, you want to ask about football? Get him out. Right. Okay, we'll start, we'll Michigan start with football. Michigan is not a big soccer school. What? No, but you have a, you have a basketball team. 
We do, but I don't. I don't watch it. <laughs> okay, all right. How, okay, each each side of basketball five team. on how the many, court. How many football? How many American football? How many football players are on the field at per team? Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Yeah. Basketball. 11 per team. How many basketball players per team are on the court? Five. You're, you're doing. Team. You're doing great. Doubles tennis. How many tennis <laughs> players are on each side of the net? Doubles, Doubles. tennis. Double. Okay. Two. And now yeah. fine. And just getting <laughs> and you each has close. to stay. Oh, I know. And then the little alleyways on the the, the sides. Now those are legal. That's just a bonus. Alleyways. Yep. Exactly. Okay. The tennis yes. alleyways. Mm-hmm. And uh, soccer. Oh, that's the one. See, here's here's where I'm going to encounter a problem. I'm, I'm trying um, to keep you. How many f- people were on screen in Ted Lasso at once? That's what I'm literally trying to do. I'm um, going to give you a huge hint here. This is a big hint. What do they call soccer overseas? The beautiful game. Right, but what do they call it that we don't call it? Football. How many how many players are on each side of a football team? It's 11 again? It's 11 again. Isn't that wild? That I can't believe it would be so crowded. <laughs> They're all running around at the Have same time. Have you ever seen a soccer chaos. field? It's so huge. You think that we were, yeah, Patty's no longer in trouble for calling it soccer when I'm like, I don't know how many of them are out there kicking that thing. Five around, on a but. side, there would be no way the game could be played. You can't, a soccer field is, is so massive. <laughs> if there are only five people on each side, it would be like, it would be like playing one-on-one basketball on a, on a full-size court. You would be you would be you would be falling over dead within ten minutes. Perhaps a new perhaps a new era. This is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you thought that a soccer team only had, and I'm not like a huge sports guy, but five people per per side would be truly incredible. They should do that as like I, a experiment. Or <laughs> Again, maybe I'm going by literally the soccer that I played when I was 11, and that's just what I'm stuck with. Whereas, right. like, there's a four, there's a where you were playing in someone's bedroom. Like, yeah, the and, soccer field was just a bedroom. <laughs> and when the and when both teams are made up of characters from the Mario universe, that is the number right. that are on the field. Ooh, yeah, that was um, incredible. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I was like striker. That's not two how this works. Wings and the two midfielders and then two defense guys and then the I did forgot did forget the keeper, the goalie. Get yep, off our right. show. <laughs> <laughs> Shelby is just going off with these drops here. He is uh yeah. Well I wish uh, well, I'm sad I didn't realize this at uh going to my first football soccer game being like, Whoa, what is everybody doing out there? Yeah, this your mind would have been blown. Warm-up? We shouldn't have spoiled it for you. You would have been overwhelmed <laughs> yeah. with how many players were out there. <laughs> is this legal? You would have said, Oh my god, this is four soccer teams playing at the same time. <laughs> Are there no rules whatsoever? Right. Was this is this doubles? But uh yeah, so this guy, you know, I guess he's gonna keep running his kid out there because what the hell, right? Um and uh you know. Uh, they're going to keep losing, probably. Um, I don't know. This is one of those things that, like, it's like I'm reading it on a Spanish-language news site that's through Google Translate, although it was picked up in other uh, by other aggregators. So I'm sure there's a very good fact-checking at a lot of these places that I'm looking at it. Um, but uh, I'm choosing to go with the story as I've read it. Um, it's probably something simpler than what we're talking about. But, hey, um, so best of luck to the sun. Um, and to the dad, I guess, but more to the son. Hopefully he doesn't uh, have a very young heart attack running around <laughs> trying to play. Uh, you know, I assume, I, I don't even know what, what position do you put 
a guy who can't really run around a lot in. Well, like, that was the position right. I played when I played soccer. The answer is fullback. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So yeah. I guess he's yeah, he's just a he's a defender. I mm-hmm. pl- I I they outlawed that when I was playing baby soccer. They were they came up with off or they didn't come up with offsides, but they explained offsides to us and then I stopped playing soccer. They were like you can't stand near the goal and wait. And I was like I'm going to find yeah. something else to do. Right. Um, I mean, I, I stopped I stopped before there was real delineation in positions it was more just every kid running after the ball type Swar- of swarming of the ball you know this yeah. is no. this is really i think going to drive you into ridge i briefly reffed children's soccer as a summer job <laughs> wow uh, it's like I that time i was hired as an italian translator even though i don't speak any italian <laughs> yeah it didn't go well also it was basically the same thing it was like less refing the soccer game and more making sure none of the parents like got too aggressive on the sidelines yeah. Well, also, yeah. and i used to coach youth soccer and to be fair 90 percent of coaching youth soccer was just yelling no bunching no bunching <laughs> spread out yeah please somebody stop touching the ball with your foot so we can actually have some movement of the ball yeah yeah well i'm reading about all these different positions and who boy there truly are 11 of them and they've <laughs> so got wild awesome. names Attacking midfielder. Wow. This is very tactical. So there you go. So we, 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 we learned something today. Um, all right. So, yeah. So this guy, yeah, let's, 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 let's get to number one. Uh, this, we'll, we'll see if this, we'll see if this guy ends number up in the news again, the big guy. Is, uh, Eli's soccer corner. This is not going to go great. Um, and this week's number one reason to say what a time to be alive. Uh, number one this week is uh, a natural, I would call it disaster almost, that uh, I have actually, I remember and experienced, but it's, it's gotten even worse somehow because, of course, um, if you're, uh, you may have heard that this is the 17-year cycle. Um, I, I'm not sure if it only happens in D.C., but I know it's ex- especially bad in D.C., uh, where a brood of cicadas emerge yes. and take over the city and leave their nasty little skins everywhere especially on the playground when you are because that was the last time it happened and it's mostly just kind of a gross thing for bullies to put in people's hair that was kind of how it existed then but um there is a new problem with uh the cicadas which are already pretty awful um i think i saw somebody I don't remember where it was. It was probably you know on Twitter or something. It was like some being kind of trying to downplay and be like, "So it's bugs. Who cares?" And I'm like, "If you've never been around a brood of hatch cicadas, it is. They don't really like avoid hitting people. They don't seem to give any sort of a shit, and they will just like you just get it's constant collision with bugs for like a month because they haven't been properly socialized because yeah, they've, they've been <laughs> they've been, been around for a, 17 years. Yeah, imagine, I just imagine coming out as a yeah a seventeen year old and you've never seen humans before. You'd be knocking into them all the time too. Yeah, they're in the way. Yeah, I always just imagine them living in basically the like underground city from the second Matrix movie. That's where I just imagine cicadas being until yeah, they, they emerge. They're all in Zion. Um, uh, so yeah, th- so they're co- they're coming out. Um, yeah, they spend four to six weeks mating, and then the females lay eggs and they all die. So cool little you know ritual for them um but now they're getting hit with there's a fungus that's infecting the cicadas and it's uh this fungus will produce an amphetamine uh take over their bodies it uh causes them to lose their lower abdomen and genitals and then pushes their mating into hyperdrive which is 
really counterintuitive as far as things you'd want to do is to remove the genitals and then make them all hyper medically horny. Um, so yeah, it. Uh, I guess this has hit them. And so now like these cicadas have just, they're even worse than they were before and they're completely unable to mate. And, and are they like, I mean, is this like an existential thing? Because I mean, if they can't mate, even if they want to, like, that's like the only reason they're coming up. Right. So like, what's the, well, this, this like fungus is not thing? applied to all, right. This is not, yeah, this is not going to wipe out cicadas. Yeah. I think it, would, it will lower their numbers, but it, yeah, it says it's infecting a small number of them. So I guess there's just a couple cicadas in the brood that are just yeah. have turned into the biggest assholes of all time. And everyone's like, dude, get out of here. God, this, this sound, this sound collage right now of cicadas is making me extremely nostalgic. I love oh. it. Were you ever in a brood area, a cicada-heavy well, area? Well, I remember it wasn't 17 years ago, but there was a cicada thing going on when I lived outside of um, New York City. And there were so many cicadas. It was like we were at a cookout, and we were like, let's grill some of these things and just eat them and see what it's like. Yeah. Because, you know, people are saying that in the future, we're all going to have to get our animal protein from bugs and insects. So somehow we trapped some cicadas or found some dead cicadas and just put them on the grill just to char them. And then we just ate them like you can totally eat them. Yeah. Although I don't know if we had that amphetamine. Maybe if we'd had the amphetamine fungus (laughs) and our genitals would have fallen off before we tried to mate (laughs) with each other in a frenzy, it would have been different. But then they would have been a rare delicacy. Yeah, that's true. Actually, Um, pay a premium for that at a food truck somewhere. Yeah, I do also enjoy that this fungus, I mean, obviously it's like a fungus, this cicada stuff. And yeah, if you think cicadas are annoying, it's just this, like, constantly for yeah, a month. Yeah, um, It's very evocative. And the, Ooh, and what, like, are they, what, are they, what do they taste like? What's the... You yeah, know, it tastes like fingernails. It tastes like bugs. Like, have you ever yeah. had um, <laughs> crickets <laughs> or anything? It just, you know, it's just, uh, it's not much. Yeah, I assume it's just yeah. like hyper crunchy sort of thing. Yep. But they're awful, and they're they they really latch on when when they molt their their exoskeleton or whatever. Like what they leave, it is it's it doesn't like fall off. Like it's really latched onto whatever they were. So you really have to like constantly be like peeling these little skins off of like any outdoor area. Yeah, it is like it's it's truly biblical. Like it feels. It feels as if you've your entire city has sinned whenever this happens. Yeah, <laughs> there's, like a, there's like a moral element. Yeah, to a swarm it. of yeah. locusts have come for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's, right. You feel like there's a pharaoh somewhere being punished, like in, in mm-hmm. your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do enjoy this this fungus that apparently just like is the worst developing parasite. That's because it also the the they did some tests on it and they're like it's sexually transmissible. But they can't transmit it because, like, it, it's equipped to be that, but it still makes them. So I guess they're trying to work out the kinks on uh, everyone's dicks and et cetera falling off because that would obviously help the spread if they didn't do that. Um, yeah. Oh, it's and still in beta, I guess. Self defeating. Yeah. And so this also, there's different types of cicadas. Um, the periodical cicadas, which are these 17 year type, like broods, they get, they get super horny from this. But, um, in yearly cicadas, it uh, it apparently has the it, it infects it, it floods them with psilocybin, so straight up magic mushrooms. Whoa! Um, oh, cool. And they go insane. <coughs> and uh, yeah, if you're worried about them, uh, they say this infects probably fewer than five percent of cicadas, 
And he says, as far as they know, the bugs are not in any pain. This is a direct quote from the scientist. Everybody is having a good time while they're infected. Um, so true. If there's anything we learned over the past year and a half, everybody's <laughs> having a good time when they're infected, even the yeah. cicadas. Uh, so if you see any hyper horny cicadas with, they literally, I mean, there's a picture of them here on this, this, uh, and it just, it just falls off and then like their bottom half just kind of ends. It looks like a little, um, it looks like a mechanical pencil eraser, sort of like it just <laughs> fell off. Um, so if you see them, um, get away, but they're very, very horny. You want to give them don't some kiss space. or cuddle them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't kiss or cuddle yes. the fungus cicadas either. <clears throat> Um, don't, don't grill and eat them unless you can confirm that they are not that horny. Uh, only eat the least sexually active cicadas you can find. Um, but yeah, cicadas have gotten worse. Feels very, uh, feels like that's what the next thing to happen would be, of course. Um, look, we're all, we're all going to have a wild summer. We're all emerging and, uh, we're all screaming and, uh, you know, cicada summer 2021. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is it. Just Ugh. that's that's what it is. Uh, yeah. Shed shed genital summer twenty twenty one. We're all gonna <laughs> go it's smooth as a Ken doll and go absolutely nuts on the streets. Uh, but yeah, watch watch out for those people in the brood areas. Yeah. Um, all right, should we do plugs? Let's do it. Plugs, 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 plugs. Everybody! Hope you enjoyed. That was one of those by far our worst sound soundboard clip. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of those things that uh, like I you get used to the sound a little bit in the background, and then when it stops, you're just like, oh man. Like when you have a headache and then you don't have a headache, or when you're like you're nauseous for a while. No, not you're talking about the cicadas or your theme music for plugs. I was talking about the cicadas, but you know, it's, it's I felt a tough, the same way about that, the theme that music brief moment plugs. of silence was was nice. Yeah. Uh, um, every time but, the uh, plugs music plays, we have a guest. I forget we have it sort of, and it sort of feels like when you get to a part in a conversation and you start realizing that you shouldn't have brought up whatever you're talking about at all. And it's just like, oh, okay, we're going to listen to the rest of this. Um, but yeah. Oh, no, yeah. please, please. No, don't do it. Don't do this to us. All right. So, uh, David, what do you have uh, to plug? Oh, uh, I co-host this podcast, Election Profit Makers, where we bet our own money on political outcomes. That's available on podcasting platforms. And uh, I co-created a show called Dicktown. It's a cartoon with my friend John Hodgman about middle-aged men solving mysteries for children. And uh, you can search for that on Hulu. It's animated. It's an animated cartoon, if you can imagine. We're, we're <laughs> big fans of animation here. So. There you go. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so, and uh, as, as far as our plugs go, we got uh, patreon.com slash whatatimepod. Bonus episodes out the wazoo. Uh, we got live show uh, video. We got a Roadhouse commentary track. We got, uh, let's see, we, we just hit our goal, 1,200 patrons, so we're doing the Death Nut Challenge. Uh, we're still scheduling that. We will uh, let you know when that's coming. Um, and then at 2,000 patrons, we're going to do the NFL Combine. Uh, we will figure out some kind of intermediary goal, as we've said. Between then, uh, another thing you get uh, if you join up at patreon.com slash whatatimepod is uh, free shipping at our store, which is whatatimepod.bigcartel.com. Um, lots of good stuff on there, including the Goblin Stance uh, 
design that Eli uh, put together. Um, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. People uh, say that's a useful thing. Um, join the Discord. Link in the description. A lot of cool folks on there. And if you uh, get to uh, subscribe to the $10 level, then yeah, you can be in the private channels. Um, we are What a Time Pod on Twitter, What a Time Pod on Instagram, What a Time Podcast at gmail.com. Whatatimepod.com is where all these links are as well, and they'll be in the description there, as well as, um, I guess, to David's uh, to Twitter and social stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm Patty Moe on all the stuff, and I don't have anything uh, to plug. Uh, just the usual, my, you know, Twitter, just my name, Eli Uden, E-L-I-Y-U-D-I-N. Instagram is Chili's Restaurants. Um, and uh, other than that, you can check out the other show I do with some old friends from College Humor where we play D&D as different TV casts. Uh, that is called TVND. That is available live on Twitch Thursdays at 9.30 Eastern. And you can watch all of them on YouTube. We just finished up our Futurama campaign, uh, which was super fun. Um, we had a game where it was uh, Zap Brannigan, Kiff, and the uh, disembodied floating head of Richard Nixon. And it was a good one to check out if, if you're looking for one. But on that, nothing going on. So there you go. Thank you for uh, listening. Thanks again, Dave, for joining us. Thank, Thank you for, for having me. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Our I pleasure. appreciate it. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Five on a side. Soccer. <laughs> <laughs>